Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Just checking in on you. Just hanging out on a Thursday morning, getting ready to go do all my bullshit. It's April 14th, everybody. You know what that means. Tomorrow, you have to do your taxes. You have to uh, uh, put in for an extension. You have to get the money back that you gave to the government in the form of an interest-free loan. People, I'm going to get outside my element right now, and I'm going to talk inflation. What's the deal with inflation? Why does inflation happen? Why will it continue to happen? I'll tell you exactly why. Because people pay attention to the colors of ties. These fucking liberal snowflakes with their goddamn fucking inflation. Fucking other, yeah, these red tie sons of bitches with their Uzis and their AR-15s. All you fucking dumb shit. Why don't you wake up? Become smart like me. Someone who doesn't watch the news. Someone who isn't, isn't informed. Someone who took 45 years to consistently spell restaurant correctly. Someone who still can't spell vinyl. I know there's a Y in there. Wait, I got it. V-I-N-Y-L? Is there an A in there? Whatever. You need to listen to me, man. It's vinyl, Bill, not vinyl. Yeah. I actually used to watch a show called Vinyl. I still didn't know how to spell it. Yeah. Inflation is because our currency is controlled by a private group of bankers that have created basically a legal Ponzi scheme. Okay? Might also have to do with the fact we've been playing a road game for over 20 years that bankrupted the fucking country. That might also be what it is. But I don't want to get involved in that because then everybody gets upset. Because they'd rather fucking blame the color of ties and pay attention to uh, jokes told by stand-up comedians. That's what's destroying the fabric of America. It's not doctors creating synthetic heroin or people poisoning the food supply or dumping water into our fucking... Dumping water. Dumping poisons into our drinking water. It's not the government allowing, on both sides, allowing these corporate cunts to create disposable shit made out of plastic that then's dumped in the fucking ocean. It's not any of that. It has to do with blue ties and red ties. Oh, Billy's on his fucking preacher stump today, isn't he? Um, anyway, at the end of the day, until we get rid of at least 80% of the population, probably even more, like the longer we go, the more drastic the culling of the herd is going to have to be in order for the surviving human beings to just chill the fuck out and let the earth try to right itself. This is what I would do if I was getting rid of the herd. All right. I would keep all the astronauts and I'd keep all the nerds. And then what we do is we create these giant 
space garbage trucks. That's right. I said it. Space garbage truck. If Trump can say nuclear is the real N-word, I can say space garbage trucks and probably win a local election. Dude, I like what this guy's talking about with his space garbage trucks. This is what you do. You vacuum up. (laughs) Space garbage trucks into vacuuming. The ocean bill. That's right. It's two and a half times the size of Texas and fucking two miles deep. You vacuum up all of that shit. And you stick it in these space garbage trucks and then you fly them out. I don't know where they go. The astronauts come back. We'll stick monkeys in them. Monkeys. All right. And then if you're part of PETA and you're like, oh, the monkey didn't fucking do anything, man. We're going to say, well, go save them. You thumbed-footed cunt. You go do it, right? And then when they jump on the space garbage truck, we just, we launch. And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are we doing right now? The whole thing's going to hell in a handbasket and everybody's acting like, you know, nothing's going on. And they're still screaming and yelling at either side. I don't know. And then meanwhile, Red Bull is going to fucking fly two Cessnas side by side and see if guys can get out of them and switch planes. You mean, I got to be honest with you, what this has to do with that fucking drink, I have no idea. Because I don't remember fucking, you know, Evil Knievel being connected with fucking, you know, root beer or Pepsi. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Caesars Palace Pepsi Challenge. Um, can somebody please explain to me what the fuck Red Bull has to do with some of the best pilots in the world? That's what I want to know. It has nothing to do with it. I don't, I don't think that either one of those pilots is going to be like, you know what's going to make this fucking jump successful or this flight successful? So here's the thing with that stunt. It's really not a stunt. (laughs) This is me with 300 hours. It's really not a stunt unless neither one of the people is wearing a parachute. Other than that, you know, what are you doing? This is what you'd The fucking nerve of me with my summer school education to fucking question this. The physics involved in this thing, they'd have to weigh the exact same. They'd have to be flying the exact same speed. And then they have to be a certain closeness, right? Because the second they nose them down, the thing that I would be concerned about is if you, you can't fly it faster than terminal velocity or else the second the humanoid gets out, he's not going to be able to keep up with it, right? Oh, Billy Labcoat over here. I don't fucking know. But what I do like is that they're going to do it out over the ocean. Because God forbid, if it doesn't work, we kill human beings. The polluters of the ocean. Let's just make sure that if it doesn't work, that there's people there to fish out the two humans that just dumped two airplanes into the fucking ocean to continue the pollution 
Let's make sure that we fish them out so those two people can tell the story and continue to buy shit that they don't need that's going to end up in the ocean. Um, sorry. Anyway, having said that, I'm going to watch it. I am going to watch it. I'll tell you what I watched yesterday. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. putting on a fucking display in the Bronx against the, uh, I can't really, can't really call them the Bombers anymore. Even if they hit a lot of home runs, they're playing in that fucking wiffle ball park. It's really weird how the ball carries there, you know? Um, anyway, the guy gets up, right? Gives the old right there, Fred. Hits a fucking home run. He's playing first base. It was sort of a bad throw. He reaches for it. And as the runner's crossing the bag, Vlad's hand's almost down on the ground and the runner steps on it with his cleats there. The plastic tips on them that will then, or metal tips, I don't know, evidently they'll, what, they'll land up in the ocean at some point, float next to one of those Red Bull planes, right? He cuts his fucking hand, his finger, doesn't get stitches, just gets his finger taped up, and what does he do? He goes Reggie Jackson. He puts three on him. Right there, Fred, right there, Fred, and right there, Fred. Now, granted, This doesn't make you Reggie Jackson because this man does it in October. All right? However, the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, are are talking all kinds of shit, saying last year was the movie trailer, this year is the movie. To which I say, oh, yeah? So now I am rooting for the Devil Rays and the Red Sox, and even the Yankees, even the Yankees, to shut those sons of bitches up. Because a long time ago, I remember there was an interview with Getty Lee of Rush, and he was at a fucking Blue Jays game, and he was talking shit about Red Sox fans, as if he wasn't a four-eyed, nerdy bass player from a prog rock band, as if he was going to throw down in the bleachers, as if he wasn't sitting in the box seats. You know? Listening to the umpires clicking little machine there, keeping track of balls and strikes and thinking in his head, ooh, that sounds like a good baseline to me. Ever since then, I have been like, Fuck the fucking Diaz brothers and fuck the Toronto Blue Jays. Having said that, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is a fucking problem. But fuck the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, that's where Roger Clemens went and started, air quote, working out. I don't know what's in the water up there in Toronto. But that doughboy was done in Boston. And all of a sudden, he goes up to Toronto. Cue the Super Friends music when they get out of the trap. Back-to-back Cy Youngs. 
He came back like Hulk Hogan when they went to drop his arm for the last time, and it came back up. Yeah, everybody says he did roids. That's not what happened. He grew a goatee, and he put Icy Hot on his balls, and the rest is all history. And that's a fucking true story. All right? No, I'm happy that the Blue Jays are good, man. That's always good for fucking baseball, especially up in Toronto. It'll be sunny out. Something good in sports will be happening other than the usual disappointment of their beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. Year in and year out. People, I'm turning 54 years old in June. 54. 54 is the exact year between that the Rangers went between Stanley Cups 1940 to 1994. Okay, the Toronto Maple Leafs have not won since 1967, my entire life plus one year. The last time they hoisted the cup, old freckles, where was I, religious people? You tell me where the fuck I was, all right? And I'll go sell you a footbridge in fucking Albuquerque. Um, Sorry, I'm in a mood right now. I'm in a mood um, no, because I have all this fucking work ahead of me. And I got to be honest with you. Last night, I went out and I was hanging out with a buddy of mine who gets mad at me when I don't say his name on the podcast. And I say, well, I try not to say names. He goes, I'd love if you'd say my name. So in case he's listening, this goes out to you. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine last night. <laughs> And I smoked a cigar, even though I was trying to go 10 days after the Masters. I was just stressed, okay? It's the only thing I have left. So I fucking, um, I go up to, uh, I go out there. My buddy's like, are you doing a set tonight? And I said, no, I'm not. I'm just going to fucking hang. I got to talk to you, man, about editing this movie, man. I need to hear your fucking thoughts on it, man. Um, and of course we barely talked about that. We just sat there making fun of each other. Right. And, um, anyway, so I say goodnight to him and I'm driving home. And as I drive home, I go by the comedy store and I was like, fuck this. I got to go in there. And I went into the comedy store and, uh, tried out, you know, not just, you know, the shit I've been working on and it could not have gone better. And I was literally, I was over the fucking moon. I was so happy when I got home. I couldn't fall asleep till like 1.30 in the morning, right? Then, of course, my daughter comes in and she's waking me up, right? Just sitting there like, Dad, can you make me French toast? And I was like, okay. She said, thanks. And then my wife goes, "Um, we still have leftover pancakes. And I said, oh, that's right. And then my daughter goes, oh. And that's how it begins. That's how it begins. It's like... You know, my kids don't realize that like four out of the seven days, I make them Sunday level breakfasts. When I was a kid, you had fucking cereal for breakfast. All right. Cereal the whole week. And then on Sunday, my mother would either make eggs, pancakes, waffles or French toast. And it was fucking amazing. There's bacon toast and all of that shit. It was fucking incredible. But for the rest of the week, you know, 
It was cornflakes, it was Cheerios, it was Apple Jacks, occasionally Fruit Loops. They didn't last long. Um, I remember that I used to like eating blueberry or Count Chocula, Count Chocula, but always felt like shit afterwards. So anyway, I had a great day yesterday with my daughter, right? We're hanging out. And I, uh, you know, she's like, uh, I want, I, let's do daddy-daughter time. So I'm like, all right. And I go, okay, what do you want to do? I have to run a quick errand. She goes, all right. She loves running errands, like just going places. And uh, and she goes, I go, what do you want to do? She's like, you know, I want you to take me to get an ice cream. So I'm like, all right. So we go to get an ice cream. And I'm hanging out with her. And it's just like magical, the stuff she's saying to me. And she's like a little girl now. So I'm literally, it's like phone off, or at least to the side. Let's not be... Let's be honest here. I didn't shut it off. I had it to the side. And I was just sitting there talking to her. And she was just saying all of this hilarious stuff. And she was in a great mood and all of that. And she telling me that she loved me and I was the best dad ever and all of that. If you ever want to hear that stuff, get your kids some ice cream. It's literally the Bill Cosby bit. Dad is great. Give us the chocolate cake. Same thing, right? So... um, yeah, she told me she loved me and how awesome I was and all of that stuff. And within two hours of that, you know, we were playing cards. We were playing war and she wasn't winning and she was getting so mad and she was like cheating. We were like, <laughs> we got into a war and I see her. She puts the three down and then, you know, from one pile and then on another pile, she pulls out an ace to win it. And I'm laughing. I'm like, sweetheart, you can't do that. She can't do that. She goes, you don't make the rules. I was like, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't make the rules. The rules of this game were already established before I played them. And she kept, she got so mad at me within two hours of telling me that she loved me. She said, dad, we aren't best friends anymore. And I'm never getting ice cream with you ever again. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'll tell you. That, that female brain, it's real fickle. I'm kidding. It's not male or female. It's just was adorable. Um, and I was cracking up laughing, which was making her even madder. Um, but I also noticed something. I don't know if other dads have this. My son and my daughter beat the shit out of me. I, have so, I somehow fucked up because I like roughhousing that now whenever they see me laying down, they run over to me and they essentially do Hulk Hogan's Second reference to him in this podcast. Hulk Hogan's finishing move. Remember that? He'd leap up in the air and fuck and slam that leg down, except they go like ass first right onto my rib cage. And uh, it's fine if I see it coming. But one day I was laying on the floor and I was tired. It was the middle of the day. The sun's out, right? So I just had a pillow over my head, over my eyes. My eyes, right? I had it over my eyes. And my daughter came in and leapt up in the air. I was totally relaxed. I didn't tighten up at all. And she just landed on me. And I'm not going to lie to you. I had to regroup. I literally rolled over and brought my knees up. And I was like, buddy, buddy, you can't do that. You can't do that. (laughs) She started crying because she realized she actually hurt me. (laughs) I mean, think about that. It's like somebody just somebody just lay in there and you're sleeping and somebody came in and just dropped a 40-pound, 50-pound bag of sand 
right on your stomach. I mean, there's only one response to that. Oh, that's what. (laughs) Then what's funny is they get startled and they get upset and you have to comfort them as you're trying to get your win back. Um, I'll tell you what is awesome, though, is we got my daughter an electric car for her uh, birthday or for Christmas. I can't remember what. And um, I play this game. We call it playing Target, right? Like you go into Target and you have to park in the parking spot. And I just put two hockey sticks down and she has to back the car in there. And she has my son, my son in the passenger seat. And now when she backs up, she literally puts her arm around the seat, the passenger seat where my son's sitting and she's looking over her shoulder and she's starting to figure out how to drive back like that. It's just the, one of the most exciting things. It's like, she's going to know how to drive a fucking car by the time she's six. Um, amazing. All right. True Bill. We got to do some advertising here. True Bill. Do you know why? Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? Yeah, because they're pieces of shit that have paid off the Better Business Bureau. Um, it's a business scam out to get you. I absolutely love this True Bill thing. I stand by this. Not because I'm the original True Bill, because I speak from my heart, because I'm a brave warrior, um, social justice person. Uh, I love this thing because I hate these pieces of shit that do this, that renew your things without your consent. Other than DirecTV that renews all my sports packages without my consent automatically. I love that because I'm going to renew them anyway and now I don't have to do it. But these other fucking things are ridiculous. All right, don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, you don't want, or let's be honest, you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Yeah, fuck these people. Get Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill's makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. This is like you're a mob boss all of a sudden. You just, you just call up some hitmen and they go out there and they whack who you need to be whacked. Um, and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who said in a matter of seconds, I've saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, saved $840 a year on car insurance. Jesus Christ, this guy was shelling out all kinds of cash. That's $1,400, $1,500, $1,620. Matthew B. saved. Don't fail. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start today at truebill.com slash burr. Go right now. Truebill.com slash burr. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash burr. Like, how is that even legal? Automatically renews. Fucking heartless, greedy cunts. All right. Oh, look who it is, everybody. Look who it is. It's old Zip. Rick! 
According to the latest research, 90% of employees plan to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace is key to attracting and keeping employees. And if you need to add more employees uh, to your team, there's Zip. Their matching technology helps you find the right people uh, for your roles fast. And now you can try Zip. That was the evil version. Uh, for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. No wonder Zip is the number one rated hiring site in the U.S. based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Find the right employees for your workplace with ZipRecruiter. Try it for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R. One more time, Zip. The smartest way to hire. I like that one. You like the devil version of it? Remember, you used to hear that on all your fucking, um, all the records when I was a kid. They would always start it off with some backwards horseshit, you know, just to get the kids to play it the other way. It was so dumb, like how we didn't realize that that was just a scam to get us to buy records, you know? They're putting these secret messages in there. They're easily decoded, you know? It was more like when they would do it backwards within the song. That was the smarter, phony pretending that you were actually demonic, I thought, if you ask me, if you actually buried it in the song. And I love that they thought, that like somehow the human brain can hear like while you're listening to don't need nothing but a good time and all of a sudden you're going to go kill your parents. And then, you know, these bad parents would end up blaming that. Hey, you know, it wasn't that I wasn't around as a parent I mean, when I was, I was drunk and I used to beat my kid with a belt. That's not why he went out and did these horrible things. The reason why is when he was listening to Heading Out to the Highway, buried within that song was somebody saying, and it actually made it to trial. Actually made it to trial. You know why that is? Oh, Jesus. Because this country was founded by a bunch of murdering lunatics that did it in the name of God. There you go. How about that? Why don't you stick that next to your gas prices? Huh? And fucking light up your pipe and see what happens. I don't know what any of that means. It sounded good, though. It's always great to if you say something to then tag it with. So why don't you stick that in your pipe and smoke it? It always makes the listener think like, wait a minute. 
I, I, I swear to God, I didn't think he said anything there, but now he just told me to take what he just said, stick it in my pipe and smoke it. I at the very least have to think about what he said. Was it profound? Or was my initial reaction that that was just a bunch of bullshit correct? I don't know. I do not know. Um, All right, anyways, that is the podcast here for Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. I am so in on baseball, it is ridiculous. And uh, if you're a Red Sox fan, all right, um, watch the Red Sox next week. Because I think I might be back in town and I might be going to a game. All right? And I am putting in for the local celebrity seat. All right? No, I'm kidding. I'm going <laughs> to be up in the bleachers. You know? It's really going to kill me. Do they still have that fucking mascot? Um, it's really annoying that... The, alcoholics that understood sports got replaced by fucking fuzzy those fucking things walking around I'm really against that okay we shouldn't have alcoholics in the stands scaring the children okay I'll go with that but I don't think you have to overcorrect it that I now have to look at fucking Elmo walking around the park like a complete fucking jerk off trying to get people excited about free trinkets All right, that's something else All right, and with that Um, Please listen to the music here and followed by the music will be a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast from a Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast from uh, Thursday uh, back in time. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. Good luck to the Red Bull people. Put some icy hot on your balls. Get out there and uh, don't buy it. Whatever it is, don't buy it. You don't need it. And eventually you have to get rid of it. You don't need any of that shit. All right? Um, God bless you. And uh, the United States of America. Uh, Jesus Christ, I've been sitting here, uh, I'm still, uh, in France, this is the last fucking week I'm in France, um, last couple of days here, so that's why I'm still using the garage band thing and it sounds a little weird, but I've been sitting here for fucking a half hour, waiting for the lovely Mia to leave the apartment so I can do the goddamn podcast, she's probably gonna come back here in the end, but, uh, I just, I mean, does anything take fucking longer? I know this is a hacky bit, and it's been done a zillion times by every comic out there who wears a fucking sweater 
and works totally clean and go, ah, guys do this and women do that, but does anything fucking take longer than a woman getting ready to leave? I actually had her die and laugh, and she grabs this fucking bag, and the amount of shit she's putting in it, I was like, are you going on an excursion? She had medicine in there. She grabbed, like, fucking three different things to put on her head or around her neck, scarves, fucking whatevers. I don't know. Why does it take us so long to leave? Um, I just kept saying, get the fuck out of here. Um, anyways, so I don't even know what the fuck I'm going to talk about this week because I haven't been doing shit. I haven't watched shit. I haven't talked on a cell phone in forever. Um, I'm completely out of the loop. Like I finally just checked in with the NHL, NHL NHL.com to see what the hell was going on. Um, oh, and by the way, if you lived over here, uh, you would, you would get into soccer or football. Uh, you'd get into rugby, you'd watch all those sports, and you'd enjoy it. They're great games. That's what I realized once I've been over here fucking long enough. And at some point, you have to watch a goddamn sporting event, you know? And uh, you go in there, and everybody's into the thing, and you just you just get sucked into it. Like, I'm I'm actually rubbernecking now when I walk by screens and there's a soccer game on. And I never watch, you know, I don't watch that shit. Um, and late last night, I did catch uh, the ending of the Masters. I think Bubba Watson won. I hope he did. I saw when he birdied and he went up by three. And then I checked in on the internet when he had two holes to play and he seemed like he had it. Um, but I promised my wife I would come back here and watch. I swear to God. The devil wears Prada. You know, trying to keep the peace, I agree to come back and watch this fucking film. And uh, I got to tell you, it was worse than I thought it was going to be. I figured if Meryl Streep is in it, you know, it's got to be good on some level. Watch that movie or somebody, somebody, can somebody actually, I don't want to do this to a guy. Is there a woman out there that can do this? Can you somehow cut that movie down to how many times a scene starts with one or two people walking fast into the scene? That whole fucking... The whole ridiculousness of fashion in general and these fucking people walking in. Okay, I need six dresses of this and blah, 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 and all that. And, like, I couldn't watch the movie because... Within the first three minutes, I'm yelling at the screen to Meryl Streep's character. You know, get it yourself, you silver-haired cunt, right? So Nia's punching me, and she was just so ridiculously mean in that movie that after a while, I didn't have any sympathy for the big brown-eyed girl who sat there getting abused. So finally, after like a half hour, I start like nodding off. Granted, I got a couple of beers in me, you know. Oh, more than a couple, okay? I've been drinking this shit over here, 1664. It's hilarious with typical Americans near sitting there go, was that the year of the French Revolution? And the only reason why I knew it wasn't was because I just, you know, being in France, you stumble across some shit about that. And I, go, nah, I think that was 1789. So we looked it up to see what the significance was. 
and it was just the year that the brewery started. <laughs> so anyways, I've been knocking those things back. Those have been my Coors Light over here, the 1664, whatever the fuck year it is. And anyways, so I lasted about maybe 45 minutes into it, and the dude from Entourage is in it, and they didn't give him anything to do, the poor bastard. All he had to do was just sit there and be like, what? She was being a bitch again? Can I make you some food? You look hot. I want to fuck you. That was his scene every fucking time you saw him. Um, so anyways, you like how I'm reviewing this movie that came out? I thought like three years ago. I guess it was like 10 years ago. But uh, so anyway, so I pass out. Slash falls. And right before I go to sleep, I, I say to Nia, I go, wake me up. When she tells this woman to go fuck herself and she goes, okay, I will. And she didn't, you know, I guess, why would you, why would you wake up somebody who finally nodded off? Who's been calling one of the main characters, a silver haired cunt. I understood her decision, you know, but the next day I woke up and I said, so what did she finally say to her? And she goes, actually, she didn't say anything. She just sort of walked away. <laughs> what a horrible movie. Um, oh, anyways, uh, where we're staying, the guy who runs the place is from, uh, he's from London and he was talking about some, that Woody Allen movie that had won an Oscar. I was downstairs. He goes, did you, he's like, did you say that? I go, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And I go, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was great. And he goes, you thought it was great. <laughs> he goes, I thought it was absolute rubbish. I love when English people say that rubbish. It was absolute rubbish. It didn't go anywhere. It's like it movie starts, the woman's crazy, and I can't do the English accent. He basically said in the end of the movie, she's still crazy. He goes, I thought a movie's supposed to lift you up and take you somewhere. He said the movie didn't take you anywhere. And I had to admit, I, I, I couldn't argue with this criticism of it. I still liked it. Ah, Jesus, what am I, fucking Siskel and Ebert over here? Um... I got nothing to talk about, people. I really don't. So, as I was mentioning, I checked in with the uh, with the NHL to see what was uh, what was going on, and lo and behold, it's time for the playoffs. So, having not watched any of the shit for weeks now, I'm going to give you my picks. These are my picks. All right, first round, we got the Bruins. Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. First, the Detroit Red Wings, who are now in the East, for those of you who have been sleeping. Um, gee, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with the Bruins on that one. Then you got the fucking hated Habs against the Lightning. I'd take the Habs. I think Pittsburgh's going to beat the Blue Jackets, and I like the Flyers to beat the fucking Rages. Um, over in the West, the best thing about the West, if you're a fan of a team from the East, is that they're all going to beat the shit out of each other and only one's going to be left in the finals. That's the only thing I can say about that because uh, they look fucking strong out there. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Minnesota in an upset over the Abs. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think St. Louis is going to get by Chicago. I'm pulling for those guys to finally fucking make a run. Uh, Anaheim's going to beat Dallas, and I think the Kings are going to beat San Jose. And those are my picks with absolutely no information behind them. I have not watched a hockey game in two weeks. So there you go. No information behind those picks. 
I'm picking them like a fucking, like a chick. Well, you know what that means. Most of those will probably come in. Don't don't put any money on it because I don't I don't want to deal with that. So you're probably asking yourself, so there, fucking French Freddy, what the hell did you do this week? I continued butchering their language. I picked up some new new expressions or a couple of words. Uh, un eau plat means a flat water. Uh, Excusez-moi, monsieur. Uh, je voudrais un eau plat. Merci. You know, it's funny, too. I noticed the way they say, they don't say we. They say way. Like, way. And then it means like, yeah. So if you say we, that's like you're going yes, and then they immediately know, even with that one word that you're a tourist, forget about your fucking Bruins hat that you're wearing. You know, if they say, would you like a beer, and you go yes instead of yeah. Yes, I would like a beer, mister. Thank you, if you please. <laughs> But they've been cool as hell. So anyways, um, I actually went out to uh, Omaha Beach this week. And uh, I got to tell you something. Um, if you ever get a chance, you got to do it. It was, uh, you know what? It's not really something you can I can express in words. It was, it was uh, unbelievably moving. It was iconic. Um, I, I I don't I don't know where to start. All, we we set up a private tour because I I can't stand. I hate group tours because when you go on group tours, you know, aside from seeing fat people in jean shorts, there's going to be that douche who like has read up on this subject and is actually going to try to out nerd the nerd given the fucking tour. And you know, which all it does is just drag the tour out. Like, you know, I mean, I'm into it, but I don't need to hear every fucking nookie nook and cranny, you know, just give me the fucking bullet points. Give me the highlights. All right. And with that, if I want to go deeper into this shit, I'll do it on my own, you know? But, you know, there's going to be somebody standing there dressed like some Civil War reenactor, right? Just that shit. So I don't want to deal with that. And uh, and then also, if you have a question, you don't have to wait for anybody else. <laughs> so that's basically why I choose uh, to do it like that. So basically, you show up. And uh, the driver takes you. We stayed in, uh, is it Bayou or Bayou? I don't know where the hell it is. I don't know how you say it. Um, oh, this is fucking hilarious. So we, I rented a car. Um, once again, control freak. I don't want to take a fucking shuttle out there with another 20 douchebags. I don't. All right. So, and then we rented this car one way from, uh, we took the train from Paris out to Bayou. And uh, it was amazing, just an amazing ride, you know, beautiful scenery and that type of thing. Unless you're looking at somebody's house, then it's always ugly. Houses near train tracks are always ugly because basically what you're seeing is the backyard of somebody who can't afford to not live right next to the fucking train tracks. But when you get out of the towns, uh, the scenery is beautiful. Um, so we get out at, at uh, Bayou or whatever, that's what I'm going to call it, 
Bayou, Bayou, whatever the fuck you call it. And I go to the, uh, the rental car place. And now we're in the shit. Okay. In Paris, you run into people that can speak English. We're fucking out there. And, you know, for the most part, nobody speaks any English. And uh, when it was actually fun, I kind of learned what my wife does when she talks to people. Like, she doesn't understand most of what they're saying. She just looks at what they're doing. And at some point, they'll give away, kind of, they'll betray, basically, what the fuck they're saying. And what it is, is not freaking out. And you kind of got to sit in the pocket and wait for them to point at something, do some sort of shoulder shrug. Because you're renting a car, which you've done a zillion times. So you know what happens. They basically say, hey, how are you? And you're like, hi, my name is so-and-so. I want a car. And then they'll say, the next thing is, do you have an ID or do you have a reservation number? You kind of know the series of questions. And there's just something about uh, there'll be either one word that you pick up or just something that they, they, they point or something. Like I asked this woman where the bathroom was. We went out to this fucking Jesus Christ. We went out to this, I don't know what you call it. What do you call it when people just take their old shit and they just, they all go to the same dirt parking lot, a bazaar, a a market. We went to this fucking market. So the great thing about this market was they had it in the same place in the middle of the country every fucking week. And uh, so somebody built like a little restaurant up there where you could go drink. It was the greatest market I've ever been to, right? Sitting there waiting around all this shit. But I got to tell you, my wife found, found some gems in there, but I just don't have the patience. It's just sitting out on a damn table. It just looks like shit to me. So I went in and I had a couple of beers and uh, this woman didn't speak any English. And finally I asked her, uh, you know, Ue, le, le toilet. And she's still looking at me like, what? And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't even convey that to you. The fucking toilet, Cebu play, right? So, uh, she starts going a mile a minute in French, and I'm like, I'm fucked. I don't, and she's pointing out the door, and I have no idea what she's saying. And then she kind of does this loop around sort of motion with her hand, and I'm like, oh, it's outside and around the fucking corner. And lo and behold, there it was WC, water closet. That's what they call it. They call it a water closet, because that sounds much better than a. Uh, than a shit shack, whatever the fuck you'd call it, right? So I go in there, and uh, I didn't have my phone on me. I really wish I could have taken a picture. I basically, you stand on this porcelain thing, and there's a hole in the ground you just pee into. (laughs) It's like these two porcelain, like, things you're supposed to stand on. I'm like, I'm not fucking standing on those things. So I stood behind the porcelain thing, and I got a little hot going. You know, like Larry Bird in the three-point contest, just one after another going right in the hole. And, you know, I missed the last 10 seconds. Um, anyways, what was my point? Oh, so anyway, so we, we, go to, we go to Bayou, Bayou, whatever the fuck you call it. And, um, oh, yeah, so, oh, that's right. So I'm renting a car. And this is something that I've, known, I've noticed now that is international. Anytime... You rent a car one way, that location is going to give you the fucking, that car that nobody wants to rent. 
It's going to be a fucked up color. It's going to be a fucked up model, something about it. You know what these people rented? Uh, we rent, we're two people. That's all we are. They gave us this giant Mercedes van. That, like a nine passenger fucking van. And I'm driving through these little European streets with this thing. With like two pieces of luggage all the way in the back. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Bill, it's a Mercedes. This is what you don't realize about Mercedes is they have a lot of low-end fucking underpowered cars that they don't send over to the United States. A lot of those, um, I just they just feel they can't compete with Hondas, Toyotas, and I don't know, whatever the Americans are putting out or what. But this thing was an underpowered hunk of shit with the Mercedes emblem on the steering wheel. And uh, I was turn. I can't tell you how many fucking times I clipped a corner trying to drive this bus around the corner. So, um, long story short, I'm driving this giant fucking Partridge Family Mercedes Benz tr- truck down the damn street. We get to our hotel. Uh, everything, you know, everything's great, and. Um, we take a quick cat nap, and then uh, this guy shows up, this guy from Scotland, and he took us on this unbelievable tour of basically um, Omaha Beach and this other area, some point. I already forget the name of it. And this guy was an absolute maniac, absolutely obsessed with World War Two and obsessed with D-Day. And he had all these photographs that he had he'd blown up from other books and was talking about misinformation. And, and it was an incredible tour. The first point of the tour, you, you actually, like the pillboxes and stuff, you know, where the Germans had their machine guns or it was a little barracks or it was a place to keep their ammunition, they're still there. You know, the guns aren't there, but basically where they were is still there. And you get to walk into these things. Like on the ground were these cement bags that Germans had put, you know, and it's rained and, you know, and it all turned hard. And now, like, you can't even, if you look at them, they actually look like rocks. They look like white rocks, but they're actually bags of cement. And you're just looking there going, like, a German soldier set those fucking things down. And then all the events happened. And here they sit 70 years later. It, it gave you goosebumps. And, um,. This guy knew all the history. He goes, this is where private so-and-so came in. He threw a grenade. You can see the shrapnel on the wall, and you're looking, and there's the fucking shrapnel. We walked into this one bunker, and right to the right was a little, like, probably just enough for someone to stand. And it had, like, uh, and it was about two inches below the floor that you were at as far as, like, where the floor was there. And it was a little shower. And... Our tour guy said Hitler got gassed in World War One, so he made sure that all of these bunkers had showers in case, because I guess, you know, it was such a horrific experience for him, you know, that he made sure, like, none of the troops were going to get caught out there like he did. And uh, it was this really bizarre, like, human moment from one of the most evil people on the fucking planet. It's like, wow, that guy actually did something nice. <laughs> So there you go, people. He's not all bad. When you walk into a German bunker, he made sure they all had a little shower. So there you go.
There's there's one good thing. He still has six to nine million, you know, bad things in, in the other uh, part of the ledger. But he does have that one thing. I bet that was the thing after he blew his brains out. If there is an afterlife and God was giving him shit, I I bet he just kept coming back to that. But 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 I und I put und shower. I did not have to do that. <laughs> Ah, you know, he lost his temper and started yelling at God. You know, God just sat there shaking his head. But part of him had to be like, I made this. What the fuck was I doing on that day? And then he just presses that little button under his desk. Which is, why would it be under his desk? Like, what's he, nervous? He's running shit. He's like the dawn of all dawns. I bet he just let him talk. Sit there stammering. Dancing around, sweating before he fucking opened the trap door. Um, anyways, what am I talking about here? Let me let me do a little bit of advertising, and I'll get back to this shit here. And I apologize for the sound of the clicking. I know this is annoying, but what do you, what do you want from me? Well, Bill, we'd like a professional podcast. Well, then you know what? Listen to a professional podcast. Don't listen to this one. All right, Hulu Plus, everyone. You've probably tried Hulu on your computer. Hulu Plus is so much more. With Hulu Plus, you can watch current seasons, season episodes of your favorite shows like Modern Family, The Daily Show, and Scandal. And watch every episode of shows like Nashville, Lost, and Doctor Who, basically all the big ones that everybody watches. You get ad-free movies and kids' show too. Kids shows too. Now more than ever, there is so much to watch. Take total control with Hulu Plus to stream these shows and thousands of – what? And thousands more. As much as you want, wherever you want. Hulu Plus works on your computer, your smart TV. Smart TV? What the hell is that? Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. You can even watch on your iPhone or iPad while on on a tran. At work, at the dentist, or in the bathroom. You can even block off a day to binge. Um, You also get access to uh, Hulu Originals that you can't get anywhere else. Check out the new show, Deadbeat. Comedy about a pot-smoking guy who talks to ghosts. I want to watch that. Binge on all 10 episodes starting April 9th for only $7.99 a month. Get any shows you want anytime, anywhere. That's like a quarter a day, people. Right now, sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Bill or click on the banner on my website and get two weeks full access completely free. That's a whole extra week more for this special offer when you sign up at HuluPlus.com slash Bill. So get with it and start streaming TV now with Hulu Plus. Um, all right, next one up here. Evoice, everyone. What you want your business to make more money? Evoice can help. Here's how: when your customers call, you'll have your own toll-free number, professional greeting, dial-by-name directory, and more. You'll sound like a Fortune 500 company and really stand out from competitors. Evoice lets you give out one number that rings wherever you are. You can be at your kid's soccer game. You'll never miss a chance to grow your business. Evoice, uh, Evoice even takes all your, e- your voicemails, transcribes them, and sends them to you instantly as a text or email. So you can check your voicemails before the meeting ends and not even look rude. Evoice is only 13 bucks a month. And right now, my listeners can try Evoice for free for 60 days. That's right, a 60-day free trial. Don't put this off. Turn down the radio. Get to a computer and set up your eVoice 60-day free call now so you can see what I mean. Go to eVoice.com, promo code Bill. That's eVoice.com, promo code Bill.
All right. You know, I hate when they do that. Shut off the podcast right now. The fuck? I'm doing you guys a solid here reading your ad. Then you tell them to shut off my podcast. You know what they did. You know, they sat there in their little, what are their advertising cubicles? You know, they just sat there going like, well, the problem is, is they hear the ad, and then they're listening to the rest of the podcast, and by the time the podcast ends, they don't really fucking remember. Well, what if we told them to turn it off now? Oh, go fuck yourself. All right, so anyways, so um, back to the tour. So we're walking in and out of these bunkers, and um, oh, my God, and, and even on the way there, this tour was so good. Like they had all like those, uh, I guess English people call them hedgerows. You know, back in the day to mark your property, you grew these giant like rows of bushes. that had, I forget what they're called, but they, had, they the guy actually let us get out and touch some of them. They had like these, these thorns on them that would just rip you to shreds. And, um, you know, they were like seven, eight feet high and could be upwards of eight feet across there was no way to get through them. So I know in that Saving Private Ryan, they showed a little bit of the fighting that was going on. But you couldn't even see through them, even today, most of them. You couldn't even see through them. So as you're walking up the road, right on the other side of you could have been an entire, you know, I don't know, what do you call it? A platoon, a, a division of Germans. Uh, it was absolutely insane. So they used to send patrols out. They'd hack a little way through it, and they would send a patrol into these fields, and I guess the rule of thumb in war, which I, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about it, is they never, sh they never shoot at a patrol because then you only get like three, four guys. What you want the patrol to think is that it's safe, and then they wait to the entire company basically marches three quarters of the way into the field when they have nowhere to hide. They would just mow them down, and the Germans would put like just a couple of nests, machine gun nests, could handle each one of these fields. I mean, it just seemed like after you got off the beach, you're thinking like, okay, now it's going to get a little easier. And it, it's just, it was just a, it was a shit show, basically. So anyways, um, <clears throat> so we saw the initial uh, area, whatever the fuck that was called. And then he's taking us down to Omaha Beach. And I, I got to tell you, it was like, uh, you know, it's crazy. It's a famous beach. You look at it, and it's undeniable that's Omaha Beach. And this guy broke down the uh, the entire thing. You, you know, I didn't even feel w worthy of like walking onto the beach. Like it, it had like that level of effect on me, which I, I you know, I did. I didn't know what I was going to think when I got there, but it was. Um, it's incredible, and he shows you the pictures, and then he, he starts pointing out on the bluffs where the Germans were and, and how few that there were, but I guess the bombing run, we fucked it up. We didn't do it right on that one, where we did it much better on the other beaches, Utah and all that, but we, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was uh, if, you, if you can somehow get over here and do it, you know, all you got to do is just get the plane ticket. You can stay in a hostel, have a banana. There's your fucking breakfast. Jump on a train and go out there. I, I highly suggest anybody who's ever thought about doing it, uh, you will not be disappointed. And then in the end, um, the end of the tour, he takes you up to the cemetery. 
the American Cemetery. It's just, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And they play taps at the top of every hour. And right as we got there, you know, probably there for like three minutes. And you're looking at all of, all of those graves, all of those people that died trying to stop this maniac. And, uh, and then they play taps. I mean, it's overwhelming to say the least. Um, and then of course, there's also the English cemetery, which a lot of Americans don't know because we watch the American movies and they make it seem like it was just the Americans who were over there, uh, as always, but you know, something, you know what the fucking, this English guy downstairs was laughing, giving me shit about how all, all the American movies, like even Argo, he goes, you know, uh, the English and Dutch helped you guys out with that. And I go, well, you know, you guys will make your movie then. And he's laughing. I'm like, you guys do it too. Cause I'm one time I was on Opie and Anthony, the great Opie and Anthony radio program with little Jimmy, Jimmy Norton. And these guys came in from England and they had made a documentary about, uh, the late great beast of a comic, Bill Hicks. And they were talking about how Bill Hicks went to England. That's where he had to go to get his his buzz going and then came back and took America by storm. And he's sitting there saying, <clears throat> he said, this one of the documentary guys was going, uh, and while England was listening to Bill Hicks, people in America were busy wasting their time listening to, listening to Carrot Top. And... I forget if I said it on air or not. I wanted, I was, it's like, dude, you realize that you're in America right now. You, you do realize that. So if you're going to spin these yarns, like, I, I was alive during this fucking time. Is, is that what I was doing? And I'm not shitting on Carrot Top either. I think the guy's funny. But, like, I was like, oh, I, I thought I was listening to Carlin and uh, Sam Kinison. I thought I really liked Sam Kinison. And uh, evidently I didn't. Uh, you know, everybody does that shit. You know, we did everything and we understood and these guys were idiots. So, uh, so fuck you, England. You know, you do the same shit. Anyways. <laughs> oh, I've been over here too long. I'm not going to lie to you. As fun as this is, this is the most relaxed I've been in forever. And, uh, but I am ready to go home and I'm ready to go back to work. I'm ready to start telling jokes again, and I miss the hell out of my dog. I'm literally walking around. Um, every dog I see was was staying in this fucking uh, uh, Saint Tropez, or as the locals call it, San Tropez. Uh, yeah, I, I know. You're like Jesus Christ, Bill. I know. This is the vacation to end all fucking vacations. I haven't taken one in forever, so whatever. I'm blowing some DVD money over here. Um, and I got to tell you something. <clears throat> We're actually here. It's it's this, this, this summer season starts literally the day after we leave. So it's kind of cool. It's a lot of locals and people are just starting to trickle in. And do you remember that 50 cents? Uh, do you call it a song? Is it called a rap? Is it called a ditty? A P ditty. I don't know what the fuck you call it, but you remember that one where I, I teach you how to stunt? And for people out there as white as me, which means I basically show you um, how to blow all your money on depreciating assets and make yourself a target every time you drive down the street. Um, I believe that that's what stunting is. Um, (laughs) 
where you walk around with a chain that has a dollar sign on the end of it made out of some precious metal. That's a smart thing to do. Um, and before all the uh, racist people out there think I'm just talking about uh, African-Americans, I'm not. I'm talking about anybody that's new to money. Like, that's what you do. Uh, but these people out here, rich old white dudes, they do the same thing, but in a much more subtle way. They show off their fucking wealth. It's fucking hilarious. First of all, these French guys out here, the heads of hair on these sons of bitches is incredible. And they all have this same haircut. It's like basically, uh, how would I, how would you describe it? It's the, it's like the hockey mullet, but with a page boy quaff at the end of it, it almost curls back into itself. And then they, they push it back. It's like a mullet meets, uh, Remember, remember Jackie Stewart, the Formula One race car driver? They all have that Irish spring fucking cut into some soap with a knife in the 70s haircut. And um, they have their beautiful wives. And they have their sweater draped over them with the fucking, like, and then they have, like, one piece on them, be it a watch, glasses, but it's only one. It's one thing. That just says, I have more money than fucking God. And then the rest of it is just really neatly put together. Um, it's called having class, people. You know, you don't sit on the hood of your new car holding up handfuls of cash and use that as your fucking Facebook page. That's what people do who just got money and always wanted money. These cunts here, these frogs with their fucking money, these guys, I'm t- it's it's ridiculous. And And... And then every once in a while, and oh, this is another thing that I like, is their cars, their their whips. What I like about these guys because they they understand money and how it works. Um, they a lot of them bought some top of the line car like twenty years ago and just kept it in impeccable shape. Like I saw this guy, he had basically like the nineteen ninety three version of the Mercedes. Uh, What's the top end big one there? The SL fucking whatever, 550, S550. He had the 1993 version of this. The thing pulls up absolutely immaculate. It looks showroom brand new. And he parked it and he got out. And I uh, was able to ask him in broken French what year the car was. Um, what did I say? Kellage, blah, 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 Lotto or something like that. And he just beamed with pride, and he said, 1993. And I was like, très bien. And he's like, you know, it was it just, he could, he knew, he knew, obviously, I was some stupid American trying to talk to him, but he, he uh, I was really fucking cool. To see. I've seen a couple people over here, they don't just buy out a flashy car. Like, they fucking love their car, and they keep it really nice. I saw, like, a, like a 1987 um, BMW, like, M5 that was looked like in showroom condition. Um, so you got that level of wealth. And you know, what's funny too, is Nia has just been trashing me because I refuse to buy any, I'm in San Tropez clothes and I'm walking in my sweatpants and I got this hat that I got at that Mario Lemieux thing. And I look like an asshole. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I, I mean, I even like go to walk out. I see my dad jeans that I'm putting on. I, I really look like an asshole. 
Uh, but I don't give a fuck. I'm going to sit there and buy some salmon-colored shorts, right? And some dumb sweater to drape over my fucking shoulders. Um, anyways, uh, so you sit down along the fucking water, and just one giant goddamn boat after another is sitting there. And I'm trying to think, like, how much fucking money would you have to have? This, guy had, this guy's got a fucking boat down there. I swear to God, it's got to be like a $7 million. It's a yacht. He's got a flat. This, guy, he had, this guy's boat was so fucking big. I'm sitting in the cafe, and I'm, I'm looking across the street, across the sidewalk, and into the back of this guy's boat. And I'm watching. I thought he was watching. This is fucking hilarious. I thought he was watching a karate movie on his TV. He was actually watching Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> it shows you what what is what has happened to karate movies. They've become too crouching tiger, and not enough hidden dragon. If you know what I mean, you know. I'd like to see a little more Mark for Death in my you know my movies. And Judah Freelander always told me Mark for Death introduced the breaking of bones into martial arts movies. Anyways, and I, yeah, so I'm basically I'm sitting there and I'm watching this guy's TV on his fucking boat from a cafe across the street. That's how big this boat was. That's how big that fucking TV was. And it's just been parked there all week or docked, whatever you say. And um, at one point, I'm coming back into town to buy my 900th fucking cigar of the week. And I'm looking on the boat and I see a guy, it's a chef on the boat. Dressed in like, you know, I'm going to go cook a gourmet meal. And I'm just thinking, how much does that guy cost a year? Right? You got to give him at least 8500 grand a fucking year to just be ready at any point, like, to jump on your boat and make you a fucking sandwich. And I, I just want to fucking learn how to say permission to come aboard in French. And I just want to find, like, how did you make that? What did you do? How the fuck do you have that level of money? Right? Is that nuts? Sorry. And I hope I'm not boring you guys with this shit. Oh, but anyway, so let's get back to the uh, Bayou thing. Um, we ended up going to this museum when we were there that had all this video and all these pictures and that type of stuff. And what was really cool was... Um, I'd never seen footage like this. I think a lot of it was, you know, French footage. And first of all, their museum was way more inclusive. Like it had, it had the, 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 uh, American troops, British troops, Canadian troops, and French, the French troops and everything. You know, a lot of people like, you know, break the French balls you know, my impression of a French soldier and you just put your arms up like you're surrendering. I guess it took the Germans like about five, six weeks to take over France. And in that time, um, France lost 90,000 troops, not like casualty, like dead. That's not even just the wounded. So they put up a hell of a fight. But and I got to be honest with you, if we lived that close to the Germans, we would have fucking lost. Okay. And we would have need somebody to bail us the fuck out too. And I know right now you're going, give me a fucking break. It's like, fuck you. Okay. To this day, look at their top end cars. Look at our top end cars. They're still kicking our ass. 
I know the Cadillac and I know the Corvette. That's probably the best we have. But it's nowhere near what they were doing. That was another thing that was great on the tour. They were talking about how much better their weapons were. So when we fucking kill a German, we'd pick up their machine gun because their shit was better than ours. We basically, we just, we fucking wore them down. We just come, we came, what happened, how we finally took the beach on D-Day, you know what, is they ran out of bullets. We just kept coming. This fucking, they call this guy the, 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 the butcher of Omaha Beach. He was in this position that was, they, they put a gun into the back corner of a hotel. And he was just fucking, you know, doing what Verzi wanted to do with the, you know, with this goddamn, I don't know what the fuck millimeter he had. And he went through seven hours of ammunition in fucking three hours. By the end, they were shooting like that weaponry where every third bullet's a flare. And that's how we ended up knocking out. We finally could see where the fuck they were. I mean, it was just what happened on that day. You can't even fucking put it into words. And and to have a moron like me trying to explain it... um, I just, I, I can't even imagine it. I can't even fucking imagine. And as much as like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan shows it, like just to actually just, rather than watching some video or movie of it, to just be standing on the beach and this guy's telling you the stories, showing you the pictures, dude, it was, it was unbelievable. Unfucking believable. So, anyways, um, I got water in my ear. I've had it in my fucking ear. And I've tried every goddamn thing. I've tried blowing a hairdryer into my ear. I've tried jumping on one foot. I've tried sleeping on my side. It's gra- It's basically just gradually drying up. And uh, I'm really hoping when I get on the plane, my ear is not going to fuck with me. Nia, actually, Nia was going on the internet looking for fucking everything. Like, as I'm losing my mind, I feel like I'm trapped in my own head. That's how, many, how much water was in there. And they were doing this shit. Make a suction with your own hand. None of that shit works. So she finally reads that you, you go to the pharmacy and you, you get some uh, alcohol. And you you squirt the alcohol in your ear. And, I, I don't, and I'm just like, I'm going to put more liquid in there? So I just decided to wait it out. But it's been driving me fucking nuts. Anyways, let's, uh, let's bang out the last couple of... Uh, does anybody have, like, anybody know anything that you can do to get water out of your ear before I get on a plane and start screaming as the air pressure changes, as they pressurize the cabin? Um, anyways, here we go. Legal Zoom, everybody. Modern technology is great. Smartphones, iPads, and other gadgets make it easy to do so many things. But why is it that our lives seem busier at the same time? I'll tell you why, because you've got to download the new version of everything. Oh, that's not part of this read. Well, when it comes to getting the legal help you need, LegalZoom provides a great solution that works with your busy schedule. Let's face it, the legal system is complicated. There are better things you can do with your time. Thankfully, LegalZoom is there for you. So, if you're thinking about starting a business, forming an LLC, or getting a trademark will or living trust, LegalZoom gets the job done right. You'll get the personal attention you need, and they'll help you take care of all the details. LegalZoom's been helping families and small business owners for over 14 years, and they received an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. 
Call or visit LegalZoom today. For an extra discount, enter Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com, discount code Burr. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help services, but it is not a law firm. Go to LegalZoom.com, enter the discount code Burr, B-U-R-R. And last but certainly not least, the classic. Stamps.com, everyone. Computers are designed to make running a business easier, including your mailing and shipping. Just use Stamps.com to get 24-hour access to the post office right from your computer. No waiting in lines. No hassles, man. Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping easy. Just use the computer and printer you already have to get official U.S. postage for any letter, any package. Print the postage directly into your envelopes, onto your envelopes, labels, even plain paper. Then hand it to your mail carrier. That's it. There's no guesswork. Stamps.com will send you a digital scale that automatically calculates the exact postage you need for any class of mail. You'll never have to go to the post office again. I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs and posters. I'm a moron. If I can use it, so can you. Right now, use my last name, Burr, B-U-R-R, for this special offer, no risk trial, plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R. That's Stamps.com. Enter Burr. All right. Back to the, uh, back to the podcast here. Um, <clears throat> oh, by the way, everybody over here, it seems, is, either drives a fucking scooter or a goddamn motorcycle and uh, to the point where you actually think it's safe. But the dude downstairs is telling me they have more more damn accidents over here than anybody else. But then I'm also thinking, well, they got more people on scooters than anybody else. And you got a ton of fucking money over here. So you know what that means? That means you basically you can go out and go buy yourself a bike that's way beyond your capabilities. Right? It also means that you have a complete disregard for 99% of human life. Like most rich people do, you have a sense of entitlement. You're going to ride your fucking scooter and your motorcycle like that. That's what I'm saying. Why am I saying that? Because I like riding motorcycles every once in a while, and it scares the fuck out of me that something bad's going to happen. So what I do is I just justify it away in my head, the same way I do when I smoke a cigar. Going, ah, I don't smoke that many of these fucking things. You know, it's what you always do. Ah, I'm not going to get cirrhosis of the liver. This plane isn't going to fucking all of a sudden make a left turn and then nobody can find it. That's what you do to get through life. It's what you have to do. Ah, She's not going to divorce me and take me for everything I got. I'm sure her pussy's clean. You know, it's only four chocolate bars. I'll hit the treadmill tomorrow. Isn't that what you do? You just justify it. Rather than sitting down going, no, this is a dumb thing to do. This is going to make me fat. I need to wear an extra condom or I should probably just go jerk off. You know, maybe if you don't call somebody a gray-haired cunt during all the chick flicks, maybe she won't divorce you and take all your shit. Right? You could do that. That's, that's called being an adult. I think it's about time. You. All right? I'm talking to you right now, the listener. It's about time you guys fucking growed up. You understand me? I'm getting so fucking sick and tired. No, I'm kidding. Um, anyways, oh, hey, last week, um, me and uh, the lovely Nia had a, a one of our classic debates, which is basically the two of us talking over each other. 
and then yelling, stop interrupting me, like most healthy couples do. Um, so anyways, last week, uh, for those of you who didn't listen, uh, what happened was some, what happened was this guy sent an email and he was basically saying that the woman he's been dating for the last six years, when they got together, she was beautiful, had an amazing body, and now she has a new stressful job and she's put on like 60 to 70 pounds. So he's talked to her about her weight. He said he's concerned. He bought her a gym membership. He's trying to get her healthy meals. He packs her a lunch. He's going out of his way to try and help her out. And uh, evidently she's not going to the gym. And he found some fast food wrappers stuffed under the seat of her car or something. And um, he's like, what am I supposed to do? And Nia flipped out on the guy. And I defended the guy. All right. And then the listeners, you guys, you guys all chimed in. Not all of you, but a lot of you sent me emails. And a lot of people gave me props um, for, am I allowed to say that as a white guy? Gave me um, compliments for staying in the pocket and not allowing myself to be railroaded. And then they also criticized Nia saying, you know, it's amazing. Somebody so beautiful, intelligent could just still only hear what she wants to hear. And uh, I would throw that right back at you, right back at you. It would be amazing that you can see her doing that and not notice that you're doing the same thing just as a guy. You're doing the exact same thing that you're giving her shit about. You know, basically what happens there when you have a story between a man and a woman in a relationship is you just insert yourself into the story. So as a guy, who would you be? You'd be the guy who had the hot girlfriend who now put on 60 to 70 pounds and now has, as the guy said, has sloppy tits. As a woman, you listen to the story and you listen to, I have a stressful job. I'm putting on weight. I'm doing the best I can. And the person that I love just said I had sloppy tits. So her reaction and my reaction were completely normal. All right. It has nothing to do with intelligence. It just has to do, you know, it's like a fender bender. Right? You know how fucking we are. You blow right through a stop sign and T-bone somebody. And when you get out, the first thing you're going to say is, what the fuck will you do? <laughs> yeah, that stop sign was great. You got to come up with some line of bullshit. So, um, whatever. You know the deal. Everybody just fucking... You know, people hear what the fuck they want to hear, all right? And they respond to it, so I don't give a shit either way. God bless you for listening. But, you know, you don't have to say the – I mean, I don't mind you saying, oh, she was being ignorant or whatever. But some, sometimes, you know, the little, you, you, get, you get a little disrespectful. The level of derogatory that you fucking – you take it to, you know, because you can be anonymous as you sit there in your cubicle. Or maybe you have an office. Maybe you're the office guy, right? And you got that little fucking thing there, you know, those marbles at the end of the, the metal things and you, you, you throw on the pendulum and you fucking swing it and it click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, right? Just ticking away the seconds of the day, whatever that fucking thing's called. If you own one of those, how soon before you get the giant globe in the corner? That's something a hipster would do. You know what I really don't like about hipsters, which is a really hacky thing to not like? Half the shit that they make fun of, they don't even understand. Like, uh, I've noticed a lot of hipsters, they like, they, they're, 
obsessed with tail fins on cars. They think they're so cheesy that they're fucking awesome. You know, and they don't even understand the function of like back in the day with that technology, you needed them. Tail fin basically kept the rear end of the car at high speeds on the ground. So you could have more control and you wouldn't get fucking killed. Now, granted, if you put a tail fin on a fucking car that's never going to reach those speeds, yeah, it is funny. But a Nissan Maxima, I mean, that thing could get up 120 miles an hour, right? It should have had a tail fin in the early 90s. And people enjoyed them. They liked them. They looked cool. So you stuck them on your car, even if it didn't need one, the same way you put rims on it. I don't, I don't even get me fucking started with that shit. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm probably going to cut this thing short this week because uh, my internet co- connection is really horrific out here to the point I'm going to have to send this podcast in sections because uh, I got a bad feeling if I try to send the whole thing at once that I'm going to get three quarters of the way through. My internet connection is going to crap out of me and uh, that's going to be my day trying to send this fucking thing. So um, that is uh, that is the podcast for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed my little travel fucking diaries. I don't know. Next week I'll, I'll be back, you know? So au revoir, abietto, go fuck yourself. That's the podcast for this week. Uh, next week I'll be back home and I'm really ready to go home. I want to see my dog. I want to watch some hockey, you know? I want to eat that American food that makes you fat. I got to tell you something. I've been eating like a fucking animal over here, and I'm, I've barely put on any weight. All right? I don't know what kind of poison is in our food over there in the States, but I'm telling you, I am eating like a fucking... Well, you know something? Over here, you kind of nibble, but you're doing it the whole day. Like all the lunch places close at 2 o'clock, so then you have cafes, and everybody's bringing out some sort of pastry or some shit. Ah, Jesus Christ, listen to me. Sitting in a cafe eating pastries. What the fuck happened to me? I got to get back to the States. Um, I will be back next week, and the podcast will sound at least semi-professional. I appreciate you guys toughing your way through these things. And uh, like I said, once again, if you ever get a chance to uh, go visit Omaha Beach, you got you to gotta do it. You definitely got to do it. I highly recommend it. All right, that's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you next week.